Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Uh, We have a chance to try to extend our season record to 12 games. Uh, and that's important for us, and that's the only thing that's really pretty much on uh, my mind. And I think that speaks to the masses when I say that. You know, the defense is playing great, the special teams are getting great field position, you know, the offense is, is, is winning, uh, the point of attack, uh, we find ways to win. You can't get to there until you take care of what's next. Do you think you are the best? Right now, at the time in life and where I'm playing at, yes. Yo, what's the deal, Panther fans? My dog just knocked down the light. Got a new puppy in the house. And uh, he said, uh, your show don't matter to me as I drop your light and everything. But hey, it's okay because uh, the Panthers are victorious, baby. They pull out a huge win over the number one defense in the league, and that is the Baltimore Ravens. I'm here to chop it up in the number one postgame show, celebrating a 36-21 to win with Cody Lashley. How are you, my friend? My man, Cody, listen, my mama said, my mama said, gut feeling is never wrong, and I always felt that we have not seen the best of this football team until today, baby. We played four quarters of dominant football. The offense was rolling. The defense was rolling. The only thing left 
do is chop it up with our C3 fam in the chat room, baby. I'm ready. Let's roll. You know, um, we have to say that this was the most complete game that the Carolina Panthers have put together so far. We said it, it has been coming. I told you guys not to panic. We've seen flashes on offense. We've seen flashes on defense. And today, everyone got in the action. Special teams, coaching, the offense, Cam Newton playing out of his mind. The man is dealing, my friends. I saw some people talking about he is back to um, MVP form. So we're here to talk about all of that, folks. 36-21 to 21 victory. You can have your voice heard on the C3 Panthers, where this will be the Ravens at Panthers post-game show. The number is 252-228-5098. We encourage you to turn your phone to portrait mode, smash that thumbs-up button, like us on Facebook, uh, share it in a group. We appreciate the support. And go ahead and call into the show, and we'll get your voice heard. Now, Cody, I think that this is our past show really set up this up in many ways. The past show that we had was on the C3 podcast that's on Tuesday nights was who are the 2018 Carolina Panthers? Who are they? And I think we got a glimpse of who they really truly want to be and can be today as they go out there in a statement game against the number one defense and make them look pedestrian. Absolutely pedestrian, man. I mean, listen, you have to give a ton of credit to the offensive and defensive line. I mean, Cam Newton didn't take one sack. There were some pressures, but Cam Newton was good in the pocket. He was able to avoid, uh, you know, any hits. And listen, you know, we said, who are the Carolina Panthers? And I feel like now we do know who they are, and we knew who they were. They were a team that hadn't put it all together yet, but now you're finally starting to see that this is a team – that is confident in who they are. You uh, saw more blitzes from Washington. Uh, Eric Reed is another guy that's starting to play better and better, which is something that we said here also. Yeah, man, it was a full game of football. We showed up in the first half and the second half, and this is the type of victory that you need. The next four or five games for us is going to be on the road. So you need a performance like that against a defense like that to give you enough momentum to carry you forward, man. I feel so confident about this football team right now. It's incredible. You know, I think it all comes back to we're seeing Cam Newton play incredibly. Um, I mean, let's give a shout out to the offensive line for keeping him upright all day today. But I think Cam is reading defense as well. I think he's uh, taking what's given to him. I think he's not running first, right? Is I mean, I think he's doing all the things that we know he could be, and we've heard this back to MVP form. It's there. We're seeing it. Yeah, I mean, it's really MVP form, but also it's better than MVP form because not only are the numbers better, but all of the criticisms that people have had of Cam Newton about not seeing the field and, and, and choosing to run first and pass second – now that's starting to go out the window. You know, people tend to forget that Drew Brees wasn't Drew Brees until he went to New Orleans and had Sean Payton as the guy calling the plays for him. Now in Cam Newton's eighth year in the NFL under North Turner, you're starting to see him put it all together, man. And another thing that I think really benefited our team today 
was all the young players were involved. DJ Moore had over 100 yards. Curtis Samuel made plays. Christian McCaffrey was once again a reliable weapon. Throw in Greg Olson. I mean, we looked like a competent offense against one of the best defenses that the NFL has to offer. Yeah, I mean, we got to say, oh, wow, Cam Wow, baby. Oh, wow, Cam Wow. Now, is that, and I I think it's hats off here to North Turner. Uh, You saw him in the early makings of that game do some really new things, and not new things in philosophy necessarily. We saw motions. We saw motion motioning uh, DJ Moore into the backfield. We saw a, I think my favorite play of the game was after you had run a few of those wrinkles was when we did that same type of, of movement in the backfield. We had a lot of Christian McCaffrey just kind of running real casually in the backfield, just making people feel uncomfortable. But it yeah. was on one of those plays that we then pitched to CJ where we pitched the ball to CJ and it was like, nobody's seeing that coming. We don't even barely count him on our team. And then we're running basically creative plays with CJ Anderson there. I mean, we could do anything we wanted in this game. It really, it felt like, I guess the only thing missing was just the true grant home run throw. And I still think that it's there. I, I still think you're going to see it. Uh, uh, see, uh, Curtis Samuel is probably the guy that those are going to come with uh, and DJ Moore once they start to get him across the middle downfield. But, yeah, I mean, and that's one of the reasons why we've wanted to see more of C.J. Anderson because when you have him, in, have him in the backfield and you have Christian McCaffrey moving along, you know, to the left and the right side of the play formation, defenses don't know what you're going to do. And if they're blitzing, it makes them change their play because if they blitz, then Christian McCaffrey is wide open as a check down. You don't want to let that happen. That's what gashes the defense. So we have a lot of weapons that we can utilize to really keep opposing defenses honest. And, 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 you know, one of the things is, is Cam Newton being smart enough to do those types of things. We've seen it this season, I think, better than any other season. A tremendous jump in this is that not only identifying that a blitz is coming, but knowing when the blitz comes through this gap or from this side, this is what I do. We saw this maybe around the third quarter today. Baltimore blitzes Cam, and he immediately, I mean, two guys, there was no chance. I mean, they, they were coming right for him. He immediately just throws it to Christian McCaffrey because he knows that Christian McCaffrey's run is or route is built to bust that type of, of blitz. And yeah. it leads to – so I'm, not only are we got some talent here in Carolina now, not only is Cam playing great, but Norv Turner has really uh, brought a real legitimacy to this offense, I feel like. Yeah, and 100% credit to him as well, seeing as how Cam Newton is not the typical kind of quarterback that he's used to working with. You know, and then also credit to Cam Newton. Listen, we don't have the best offensive line in the world. Even though they kept him clean today, there were no sacks. They did a great job. Uh, there were a lot of pressures. But the good thing about Cam Newton is that he sees those pressures. And he's such a weapon. One of the things that I feel he doesn't get enough credit for is his pocket awareness. That's something that has grown in leaps and bounds 
even in the past few seasons, Cam Newton knows where the blitzes are coming from. He knows when he has a lane to take off, and he also knows who he has open. Cam Newton is playing a new level of dominance when it comes to the quarterback position, and we should all be happy about that, man. Smile on my face. Yeah, definitely. I got a big smile on my face. I think one of the reasons that we're seeing um, or we saw such a – look, zero sacks today. Zero sacks zero. on Cam. And I think uh, a lot of that in the beginning of the game came with those with the motions in the backfields, with some of the play design. And Carolina did today what other teams have done to us. And I felt like Flacco actually was doing to us a little bit at some points. And that's negate a pass rush with quick passes. Is we saw this that the the Panthers did not say today that the only way that they were going to try to negate a pass rush was by establishing a run game. Now, they did in different forms and fashions. I thought we would be using Cam a little earlier in the run game, but instead they tried to do some things by some screen passes, getting uh, basically some reverses and some very kind of off wrinkle plays is what I would call them. Not trick plays, but wrinkle plays and quick passes early on. And I think that that, really made that made it so that the Baltimore Ravens did not get in a position to where they could just pin their ears back and blast them. Uh, shout out in the uh, YouTube chat room to everybody. There's already a great conversation going. Mustang Pickens, all you need is love. Love. Uh, what a monster sack. That's a game. Yeah, that man. was a game-changing sack in many ways. I felt like that was early on. Uh, it was at a time that really kind of just took a little bit of wind out of the Baltimore Ravens sales. Yeah, and you know what? I, I think I'm to the point of petitioning, man. I want Kyle Love to take some more first-team snaps. I'm talking about Julius Peppers, Kyle Love, K1 Short, and Mario Addison because I honestly believe behind K1 Short, Kyle Love is playing the best from the defensive tackle position. I mean, he's playing better than Dontari Poe. Someone even put in the chat room, hey, Poe made a play. Too bad it was from the sideline. Uh, that penalty that Dontari got, man, that, that's that's unacceptable. And, I, I mean, Kyle Love is a veteran. He's been on our team for a while now. He's really – man, that play he made, he was in their backfield in an instant, blew up the play, huge turnover for us. And another thing I thought that we did very well was points off of turnovers. We didn't just turn the ball over. We turned it over, and we put points on the board. That's absolutely massive for us. Well, what you have to do, as we know this, is that defenses can help offenses. They can put them in good positions. You know, I thought that we were going to get this. Uh, we did take advantage of it, too. We had uh, a couple of turnovers. First, we had – there were two or two picks, I think, in this game that – that were drive enders, or at least, yeah. um, you know, in, in some ways, I felt like those, those were kind of hopeless picks too. Is that like they were maybe not as good as a punt, but like there was no way they were getting there. I felt like they were all on third down. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I have to go back and look. But the the other thing is that you force that fumble, you get the ball. Keekley wanted to run with it. Boy, did he run want to run with that football so yeah. bad. He was dying to pick that up. But it did lead to points. There was only one time, and that's where um, where I think people started to flip a little bit on Twitter about the, oh, God, the Panthers are going to let a team back in. And it was probably in the third, 
where they went for it on fourth down or we had it. And basically we got the ball around the 50 and we weren't able to do anything with it. But other than that, the Panthers were clicking on all cylinders. I do think that there is a little suspect when it comes to the defense, Cody. How are you feeling about the defense? I feel like this is, look, it's just not the Panthers defense we're used to seeing. It's not that it's bad. I like Eric Reed. I think Eric Reed has been playing. I thought he had a great game today. I thought Dante Jackson continues to shine. You know the guy I'm most disappointed with? Shaq Thompson. <clears throat> he's just underwhelming. It's not that he's bad. It's just he's just whelming. Well, I don't know. I feel like even Thomas Davis didn't. He had a whelming kind of day today. Um, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. I did notice Shaq uh, in the backfield on a few different plays. But this is what I'll say about the defense. Uh, you know, there were some, you know, that the the player when they finally got to 14 points, we do this thing where even in the red zone, we do this soft zone coverage type of thing. And I don't understand that, especially when you have Dante Jackson playing so well. Eric Reed is a red zone monster. I mean, man them up, make them throw the ball and, you know, really pin your ears back and get after them. And we don't really do that a lot. Uh, then you had a garbage time touchdown. And I'm not really counting that much. Um, I, I honestly, this, in my opinion, is my favorite defensive performance of the year, even over Dallas, because I feel that the Ravens do have a better offense. But other than a, a touchdown at the end and letting them have one at the very start of the football game, which that's unacceptable. That's something we need to continue to work on. Other than that, I feel pretty good about our defense today. I felt like our line played a little bit better, and that was because of the blitzing, which you and I have been talking about wanting to see a lot more, um, having some blitzing, uh, some safety blitzes, and then, um, you know, really just playing harder at the line of scrimmage. And I felt that today we kind of saw a little bit more of what we've been wanting to see for the past seven weeks of football. Last point to follow up on that, and then we're going to get to your calls. You can have your voice heard on the C3 post-game show. The number is 252-228-5098. Call in, leave a message, we'll play it. We're going to get right to those. Last week, I just, I'm just i starting to wonder, is Eric Washington a fan of the C3 Panthers podcast? A lot of talk in the, on the show last week about trying to get maybe a safety blitz in there. Joey said, yeah. I would like to see Dante Jackson use that speed and blitz, and he did it today. Game-changing type play. So, awesome. Eric Washington, how'd you like seeing some? I, and the reason I bring it up is because you brought it up. You noticed that today. Yeah, and I, I really do think that, you know, so one of the things that Carolina does a lot is we'll bring our linebackers, we'll bring up Luke and, and Thomas, and then we'll drop them back. Yeah, we show we'll, blitz. Yeah, but our blitzes normally consist of linebacker blitzes. I do think that when you have someone as fast as Dante Jackson and as powerful and as strong as an Eric Reed, yeah, man, send them to the house more often. I, I think when you have that speed element rushing the passer, man, that's that's that is an ace up your sleeve. I do want to see more of it. I hope we continue to see more of it. And, yeah, man, I, I think that is um, something that we should continue to use moving forward. All We're right. going to need it. Let's get to these calls. The number is 252-228-5098. Most interactive post-game show you're going to find, I think. Hey, everybody. What's up? This is G. Cavassier. Hey, G? Ooh. 
the post game show. I know y'all seen that game. What a hell of a damn game, man. Yeah, that man. was a well calculated game. The time management was so good, man. And let's talk about the elephant in the room that won't get no credit in the media, but for us Panther fans, we'll give them credit. Is that damn offensive line? Tell me that damn offensive line didn't look good. That line well. looked awesome. In my opinion, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I'ma leave it like that. And DJ Moore, that is the DJ Moore. That I've been waiting to see. Everybody was talking about is North Turner going to open up the playbook. I believe he opened it up today. Cam Newton looked excellent. The defense played good as hell. We got, what, two sacks, two interceptions, you know. And I'm going to be honest, man. Man crush on Kyle Love. I'll, I'll say it right now. Man crush on Kyle Love. They should start him instead of Pope. I mean, if you watched the game, he was in on a lot of plays. So, yes, my man crushed those to Kyle Love. And, hey, all I got to say is keep pounding, baby. We 5-2. And, and Baltimore Ravens, they was the number one defense. They damn sure didn't look like it today, did they? Hell no, nah, baby. Southern pride all day. Keep pounding, oh, baby. Yeah. Great call, you baby. You he have always to love does. It. You know, you come in this, you got to love that call like he loves – Kyle Love, Kyle you know, Love, he's baby. been a, and, and the great thing about the Kyle Love story is this, and I'm sure this is not going to be the last time we hear his name in these calls, is that he's kind of been this type of guy for us for like four years. Yeah, ever since, what, 2014 or 15? Yeah, I mean, he's kind of been, I felt like we had him and then we let him go, then we brought him back. I mean, it's just been this constant, like he's like the girlfriend that you just keep coming back to. Yeah, you break you up her. with her, but you love her. The, but you love, <laughs> but you love that sweet loving, baby. You're always coming back for more. God. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Listen, and uh, I want to note that G and I tend to agree. I think uh, Kyle Love is playing better than Don Tari Poe, playing better than Vernon Butler. Uh, two other names that we still want to see more from that we've yet to see. Uh, Kyle Love is a veteran. Uh, I say put love in there more, man. I really do. G and I are on the same page 100%. It's nice at the very minimum if you don't see a regression when you put in the backup. Uh, it's, right. It's kind of odd when you see an uptick in that. Now, l- last thing on that call, and we'll move along, is um, DJ Moore. You said he crested a uh, 100 yards today. I wonder if that's the first 100-yard receiving game for a receiver this year for the Carolina Panthers, to be honest. Oh, that's a question i know it definitely is for dj in his uh career but i don't I know think it about... might be for the whole season for anybody on our team yeah yeah i have to look it up i don't i don't know that off the top of my head but it very very well might be true one of the great things about dj is you can still see that he's playing a little almost out of control and um in, in a way that probably is giving him an advantage at this point but wait until the game slows down for him Wait until yeah. you start to see him become a crisper, you know, um, better route runner, a more savvy guy when it comes to just being a traditional receiver. And if he's looking this good um, at this stage, right, where he is that raw athleticism. Now, he's not looked bad in many ways, but you can see the greatest part about DJ Moore is that he's going to get more yards 
after whatever, whenever you get the ball to him. The most exciting part is after the ball is in his hands. Hey, and another thing, the reason, guys, we have not mentioned this on the show today, and it brings me back thinking about DJ Moore picking up that dropped pitch, that bounce. For lady, lady Luck was on our side today, Cody. We early on got some good breaks going for us. The ball bounced the right way, and it really helped us. And that's sometimes... I hate to say it, is more important than we give it credit for. Lady Luck was singing Sweet Caroline today, man, <laughs> on a few different moments. So, one, there was the, the pass that bounced back to DJ Moore. Then in the red zone, Cam Newton threw the ball to Devin Funches. It was batted in the air. Christian McCaffrey, man, jumps up in the air, comes down with it in the end zone. That's another play that could have went bad, that could have stunt, uh, stunted our momentum. There was another one. Um, that, that there was another play. Maybe the chat room remembers. I don't remember quite what it was. Uh, it might have been uh, another Christian McCaffrey bounce. I want to say there was a third one. Where he caught one, right? the touchdown. Say so what? Were his were you talking about his receiving touchdown? Yeah, but then there were, I thought there were three different plays where uh, where we had something that went away that could have ended up being being bad. But anyway, man, listen, you're not wrong. We had some some plays that could have been very, very bad go our way. And I feel traditionally, normally they would have gone bad. Or we normally do see them go bad. But now, well, 2015, not I'm telling you, is that you got to have Lady Luck on your side. We did in 2015. Yeah. And uh, we did today. But, you know, um, is that you got to put yourself in those positions for that to happen. And and uh, we've been fortunate. We, got, we were fortunate with some calls you know, we got some timely flags, particularly against the Ravens, whether it be an offsides, a false start call, uh, a face mask or something to that effect. Oh, and Willie Sneed with a really tough day today. Uh, three, yeah. almost three push-off calls. Maybe it was just two. And Brandon Herbert, he brought me down to earth. He says, uh, DJ Moore had 90 receiving yards, 100 total on the day. I mean, over 100 all-purpose yards on the day. So uh, maybe we still haven't gotten that 100-yard receiver. All right, let's go back to the next call. The number's 252-228-5098. What up, C3, Panther Nation? It's your boy, J-Dub. J-Dub? Uh, I want to give a shout-out to my unsung hero, heroes of the game, and that is the special teams. Every field goal made, uh, after the first uh, drive, we let them score a touchdown. Right after that, we, we have to pump the ball. Got it up to one. That really helped us out. Thank you, Mike was a, a big, big stop for us. Like that was a big setup. Uh, good to see the young guys come through. Cam played his played his fucking out. Come on, uh, <laughs> North Turner. Congrats, number one defense. Whatever. This team is so dangerous at home. I can't for us away. I'll just say we'll be in every game, but you don't want this team at home. As the way it's looking right now, somehow we can get that second spot, that number two spot. I know I'm looking way ahead, but man. I told everybody if we ever started fast early. <laughs> well, sport day of them out. I love that maniacal laugh at the end by J-Dub. Had the had the the villain thing going, but I'm into it, man. We are a home team. I feel 
the Carolina Panthers do have one of the better home field advantages now. We've been playing balls out in the bank, man. Well, I want to I want to go back and uh, one thing that I'm I've been happy about is um how much heart Curtis Samuel has played with. And Curtis Samuel has has been tremendous in that special teams game. If you yeah, notice on the team. Yeah, it, yeah, on the punt team and he's been doing he's been making plays uh, in a way that's important for a guy who has struggled with injury. And has, you know, is trying to find his spot on this offense. The way that you ensure that you continue to get those opportunities when people get hurt or as the right matchups against the defense comes about is being valuable in other aspects of the game. And and Curtis Samuel has been tremendous in that punt game uh, on the defensive side as that gunner. He's the guy that's been down there on the one putting that ball down there and making sure it doesn't go on the end zone. He's been down there a lot this season. So to me, I think he's played with a ton of heart. Yeah, he really has. And, uh, and you know, another thing, uh, and I wanted to say this earlier about DJ Moore, man, look out when DJ puts it all together, that is going to be one of the better weapons in all of the NFL. But he has that Alvin Kamara thing about him. But even when you have your hands on him, you don't really. He just has top-flight athleticism. Um, once he becomes a better route runner, so if you notice, we have him on a bunch of you know lead rounds and some jet sweeps and, and things of that nature. But once we feel more comfortable with him running routes and Cam Newton builds a connection with him, I'm telling you, Steve Smith was right, man. DJ Moore, he might be the future at up. At uh, at our number one wide receiver position, just uh, oh, and I guess some other plays that stick out. Kind of, I I'm I want to count it as a special teams play. The uh, play that we get Heineke in there uh, right before the half, yeah. pushing it to to Greg Olson. A little aggressive in the fact that you didn't just actually. It's not a little aggressive. It's just like we didn't quit. Right. I, I saw on Twitter, I saw the Roaring Riot report say they saw Chase Blackburn go up and say something to Ron right before we decided to do that. And much like I get and what they were saying from the Roaring Riot report was like against who was it that he hit the 63 yard against the Giants where Chase Blackburn goes up and says he can hit that. Some people are suspecting today 61 isn't in the cards so that you've got to do this either way. These things are all coming together. Cam Newton, 219 yards passing on the day, two touchdowns, 52 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Uh, receiving DJ Moore, 90 yards. Greg Olson, 56. Curtis Samuel, 28. Devin Funches, 28. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven receivers in on the game uh, get receptions. He's dealing the ball. It's really a fun thing to watch. It, it really is, man. And one of the things that you notice, uh, the better teams in the NFL spread the ball around. They're not always pushing the ball to one person or trying to force feed it to your number one deep threat or whatever. You have to be able to move the ball around because that's what keeps defenses the most honest. And if we're able to do that, I'm telling you, man, you still haven't seen the best of this Panthers offense. And on a day where we've put up 36 points, I still believe that. The best is still yet to come. We have to do it against Tampa Bay. 
We have to do it against uh, Pittsburgh. That's going to be a huge test, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, it's time to turn it on, man. And I think this offense is built to do it. Good news. Tampa Bay falls 37-34. to Jameis Winston benched in that game. Uh, Fitzpatrick comes in and pulls them back out of a hole. But it's it's really right now. Uh, I think is Atlanta on a bye this week? Is that what's going on? So. Yeah. So right now this is the Panthers and the Saints slugging it out for first, and uh, everybody else trying to catch up. And Tampa Bay falling behind quickly. All right. The numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Still plenty of time to get on the show. Here we go into the next call. Hi guys, Rich Kingston calling you from uh, from the UK. Um, I regularly interact with all you guys on Twitter. Just thought I'd say what a fantastic performance this evening. I think we're seeing the Panthers team that we all think we can be. Um, Luke's tackle and then Luke's slap on the consecutive plays was fantastic. It had my eight-year-old son bouncing up and down as well. Um, I think <laughs> Carl Love's tackle for the uh, for the ball popping up in the air and the turnover was probably my favourite moment of the evening. But what a performance. Anyway, to everyone out there in Panther Nation, keep pounding. Take care, guys, from the UK. Rich Kingston, man, he's a great dude. Uh, just got What I love about this show, guys, and what about this opportunity to, to just kind of interact with you guys on a weekly basis is how many wonderful people that I get to meet and not meet. And what I mean is that is that I've never even met Cody face-to-face nope. other than here. But I've met some wonderful people through just the love of football and that commonality together. And look, that's going across the pond to England. Uh, Rich Kingston, he, you know, and let me go ahead and tell you this. This guy has been talking to me for weeks now about buying a Kyle Love jersey. I think it's in the works now. The, oh, it's the, time. <laughs> it's time. He paid, he paid for it today. He paid for it Bye. today. Buy one for him and the little one jumping up and down. That's right. All right, we're going to keep pounding here. 252-228-5098. Yeah, this is Jeremiah for Swansboro. First-time caller. I want to tell you guys are awesome. Today, we put the league on notice. That's all I got to say. Go Panthers. Keep How about this? Is that this is what we probably – thank you for that call right there, and thank you for the compliment, man. You guys are fantastic. I um, This is an important game for the Panthers. You know, we we talked much about this in the show this past week. Who are the 2018 Carolina Panthers? Well, I'll tell you what. They're 5-2 and two right now. They just put a stomping on the number one, league's number one defense. And I feel like what we're starting to see is a new Panthers team that is more balanced. One that does not need to hold teams to 17 to win games. But who can complement each other in offense, defense, and special teams. One where Cam Newton continues to be the star, but he's helped with some playmakers in Christian McCaffrey. The question is, is this, is that how, how, and what do you, how much credit do you want to give to Ron Rivera and the coaching staff for having the team this prepared this week? You have to. Uh, I mean, listen, if we're going to give credit to the players when they make plays and, and also, you know, pinpoint when they don't make plays, you have to do the same thing for the coaches and uh, especially the past few weeks in a row. We've been tough on Ron. Or I feel I have uh, oh, yeah. know, more than a lot more of people. Have. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. And I said, there's never been more pressure on Ron Rivera than there has been recently. And you know, now in light of what we've done, yeah, you have to give him credit, man. This was a full four quarters of football and that's coaching. 
So just like it was coaching, you know, uh, last Sunday when we didn't put up points for, you know, three whole quarters, that was coaching. Well, today when we put it all together and we're firing on all cylinders, you have to give Ron Rivera his just due. And he does, he did deserve it. And so did Eric Washington. Much more aggressive defense today, I feel like. And and one, though, that didn't feel like it was blitz every play either. Is yeah. that it, it felt like... But but again, you know what we didn't see is we did not see the defensive line just naturally getting a Flacco on its own. This goes... This is, a, this is back to 2017 where you have to manufacture sacks. And to me, that's a little disheartening at this moment. When Luke, when Julius Peppers is really our best defensive lineman, or the one who is most around the quarterback, that's a little disheartening to me. I need a little, I need KK to play better, and I know that might not all be on him because he's probably getting a lot of attention uh, up that interior. But we're just not winning those one on ones on the defensive front. No, we're not. We're not, and it is something that we have to continue to work on. Um, we have the talent. I don't feel it's, you know, you're seeing a regression from Mario Addison or K1 or anything like that. You know, I also want to remind everyone that in 2016, we were number two in sacks, yeah. even after that bad season. And that didn't happen until late. Our pass rush didn't show up until later on in the season. It's kind of like and this I, year. Yeah. And I, I feel you might be seeing the same thing this year. We're late starters. Uh, the Panthers have always, even in 2015, we weren't putting opponents a- away until what, week six or seven? You know, uh, we're we're a, we're a slow burn, but man, once <laughs> we turn on, the fire is hot, baby. That's the truth. All right, the number is two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Let's keep pounding through these calls. Hey, I called yesterday, and y'all probably tired of hearing from me, but. I just wanted to, to give a little bit of input in the game today. I'll try to make it as quick as possible. Um, uh, anyway, it's your boy, the black cat, Brandon Herbert. And Cam is playing unbelievable, Cody. He's playing unbelievable. He's playing out of his mind. But I explained. I'm not going to go back through it uh, of what I think Elite is. Like I said, top three. But... He's playing unbelievable. He's playing unbelievable this entire season. He may have only had one bad game. What I really want to focus on this game is the defense. The defense were, is flying all over the field. And I never knew Luke Keekley could rush the passer like that. This cat is shedding blocks. He's hitting Joe Flacco like every other pass. Like, he's doing a great job. Uh and I want to point out, I don't know if y'all noticed, I don't know if Ron Rivera or in, the, in Washington, Eric Washington got bumped on the head or something like that, but they were, they're playing man today. Like, they did play more man. few plays in zone and everything like that, but most of their plays, their big plays have been caught in man. And that's what we should have been playing all along because we have lengthy, big corners. And as much as I don't like Brad Bear, we're not going down that road again. He's big. He's physical. Yep. If you, that's what fits. I think we have more press and man cornerbacks to fit the, the scheme or whatever. So, like, 
I don't know if this is just something that they did for this game, but hopefully it can be something that we can implement a little bit more. It doesn't have to be all man, but a little bit more. Uh, so anyway, guys. Oh, DJ Moore again. DJ Moore. Finally, what were like? I don't know. Ron Rivera did actually everything right this game except for the early timeouts, but he, I don't know what happened. But somebody must have told him something. I don't know. Like DJ Moore, and he's not that so involved in the second half, but he has been great. So so happy for that. Anyway, guys, love you guys. Y'all are doing an awesome job, and keep pounding. All right, Thanks. man, we appreciate you. I want to is it okay if I start calling you Black Cat Brother Herbert? He said, Brandon <laughs> yeah. Her- he said Brandon Herbert so quick. I was like, man, that's just Brother Herbert to me now. Brother, Brother Herbert, Her- he's down there preaching. He's preaching about a lot of things. And, uh, you know, I-, I bet you he, you know what he was happy about? He was happy about DJ Moore getting six targets today and Devin Funches getting three. That's what he was happy about. Is Devin Funches though came up, made some big catches, looking like he was playing big. I even saw Ian Thomas get on this. I, I do love to see DJ Moore out there, and you know, a lot of this opportunity was given to us by um, an injury of Torrey Smith. Is that it makes it a little less complicated on how you make these decisions, um, and now you're starting to just go with your guys a little bit. Now, going to that man-to-man thing, do you think at any point? Um, Cody, that this is looking at the personnel of Baltimore. They don't really got any burners or great. I mean, John Brown's their best receiver right now. Marcus uh, uh, Crabtree. Crabtree is good in that he's a chains mover, but he's like uh, just an old Devin Funches. Yeah, he's an older uh, Devin Funches. You have John Brown, and you know when Willis Snead might be your number two option. You know, uh, you you might have a problem. Crabtree is another one that's just like, you know, I, I'm not. I, I've never been sold on him as a football player. But um, listen, man, this uh, you know, this was a, a testament today of of what this offense has the capability to do. They're a very good defense. But the the thing that really needs to be said about our defense is that we change some things up. Not only with the blitzes, but yeah, Brandon's right. We played some man, to, some man to man more. And if you notice, Dante Jackson, boy, my lord, man, he is so fast to the ball. It, it's not even a question. Dante Jackson has not only is he the best right now, but he has the potential to be the best corner that we've ever had. And I know that's a lot of praise, and you know I haven't. That is a lot of praise. I mean, but there's really only one. It's a lot of praise and it's not. Basically, that's saying that you are better, that you will have a better career than Chris Gamble. Yeah, which is, you know, respectable. You know, that's that's damn good. But, um, you know, uh, so and another thing, you know, Brandon and I, we're, we're buddies on Twitter, so we go back and forth about, you know, where Cam Newton ranks amongst the likes of, you know, Aaron Rodgers and, you know, Drew Brees and whoever else. And him and I might differ, but this is the thing that, that the only thing that matters, Cam Newton is playing his best in an offense that finally fits him and it fits our personnel. This offense has unlimited potential. 
on limited potential. I'm not just over-exaggerating. I'm not just riding high off of this W today. With Cam Newton under center and this offense and this personnel, there isn't a defense out there that I don't think that we have a chance to go one-on-one with. Not one of them. Well, this is the the best test we've seen so far. Let's just let's to kind of look back at that. We played the Cowboys. They've got a good defense. Um, we've played the Falcons. Their defense was early on was better um, than it is now. Bengals, a decent defense. Giants, yeah. no. <laughs> Redskins, man, you got to give them more credit. They're a better team than people like to give them credit for. Uh, the Eagles, good defense. Ravens. The Ravens are probably, I would say the Ravens are going to be the best defense that we play all season, to be honest. Um, look, the, our remaining opponents are here. Tell me if there's anybody up here on the schedule that you go, you know, could vie for the Ravens in comparison to that defense. The Buccaneers, you got to say no. The Steelers, I don't know if I'm ready to say that with the Steelers. I don't think so. <laughs> They're hit and miss. They have good personnel. TJ Watt is a good player. Um, but other than that, there, there's it doesn't it doesn't strike fear into your heart. Right. Lions? Eh. Nah, not right now. Um, no. Seahawks are not the team they used to be. They're winning with offense now, strangely. Now, that is interesting because that's a home game, and their defense has been playing a lot better. Um, I forgot what stat it was, but they're like uh, fifth overall and not giving up big plays down the field, which that hasn't been what we're doing anyway you know, as of yet, but they're, they're getting better. Yeah, man, look, I think today was a very, very important game today. If you think of this, winning back-to-back with the Eagles, man, if we really could have just pulled out that damn Redskins game, you would be the toast of the town right now. Yeah. Um, because I'm not even worried about it, though. Like, yeah. I, I, the the momentum that I think we've put together against Philadelphia and Baltimore, um, I think we have another. Uh, I don't want to say an easy victory. You never want to take an opponent for granted, but Tampa Bay does not look good right now. Um, yeah, man, I, I think that right now the momentum is on our side. We got the Bucks at home next week, uh, one o'clock. The Buccaneers coming off a tough loss, but they're a mess. If we lose to the Buccaneers, I'm gonna be really upset just because uh, their offense, though, man, they've got uh, some a, t- a ton of offensive weapons, at least in the passing game. But then we got uh, two road games: the Steelers and the Lions ahead. So that's gonna be a tough stretch right there. Uh, a good stretch though, but man, the Carolina Panthers really coalescing as a team. We want to continue to hear your uh, your thoughts on this. The number's 252-228-5098. You can still get it on the post show. We're going to go for a few more minutes and see what where this takes us. Here we go to the next call. Hey, guys. Cody up here in Rona, Virginia again. Uh, just wanted to call about that game, give it a few minutes before I uh, called in. I know you guys are in the middle of the uh, stuff now and, uh, you know, uh, be listening while you guys are doing that. Um Man, just amazing game. I wanted to make a couple of points. Uh, first being, and I'm missing this with Cody, um, on Twitter, when, uh, we got that, when they, we went that 99 yards on that drive. Before that, a touchback should, I mean, that should have been a touchback. Guy had his, uh, foot on the goal line before he touched the ball. So, mm. but, uh, once again, I'm kind of glad it wasn't called a, t- you know, touchback. I think that gave us a heck of a lot more momentum than going 75 or 80 yards. 99 is a heck of a lot better. 
DJ Moore turned it up this game on that drive alone. Uh, did an amazing job. Um, defense pulled it out of their butts today. Obviously, we didn't get much pressure. I mean, we did get pressure, but we didn't get many sacks, two of them, but um, I'll take that. And uh, our offensive line just dominated that defensive front that's supposed to be the best in the league, man. I'm telling you, amazing, amazing, amazing. Can't help but, you know, grin from here to here. After that first half, I knew we had it on lock. We had our number from the get-go. Uh, so, all right, guys, looking forward to next week with uh, Tampa. And uh, keep pounding, guys. Man, fantastic call. Thanks, Cody. Cody from Virginia there. Excited about that win. A lot of credit where credit is due there to the offensive line. And, Cody, I'm going to that uh, from one Cody to another is that uh, there were a lot of different elements that were secretly great about that game. You point to the offensive line there. Another one that I want to point to is this, is that a guy, and you can call me a, hom- a homer for Jameer Bird, but when Demir Demir Bird is returning kicks for our team, whether it be kickoffs or punts, we're in better shape than anybody else on the, on the squad is that, I mean, we saw Curtis Samuel out there. We've seen DJ Moore back there and they really haven't been able to do it. Bird is looks consistently comfortable back there. And that's crazy from a guy who could get killed on any kick. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the biggest thing with Demir has always been his health. Um, can he stay healthy and stay in one piece? But if he can, listen, he's a weapon, man. I mean, he he really is a good football player. You know, he says he's the fastest player on the football team. I believe he runs a four two. You know, I mean, he's dynamic with the ball in his hands, and yeah, I I do think he's the best punt returner on the team right now. And that's with DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. I mean, he's proven to have the most success and the the best penchant for being able to do it. So if he can stay healthy, man, yeah, man, I'm always uh, I got my my uh, Tony Dunn binoculars and I'm uh, I'm bird watching myself, man. Let me. Uh, I got a this Deshaun Kinchin guy. He is a Ravens fan, and uh. And good luck to you, sir, as a Ravens fan. We appreciate that today and that win. But my my thing, Cody, here is he said this is that the Ravens are good at home. And they're not as good at the road uh, on the road. Well, defense travels, number one. Let's go ahead and tell you that. So that's disappointing that yeah. you can't be better. But I would like to point out that your, one of your best wins of the season came against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I believe that was on the road. So... um. Look, is that we got we had you know, like F A B O L O U S. My boy Fabulous says, "I'm calling you out. I got your phone number. I'm calling you out. We got your phone number. The number's two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Call into the C three podcast. We're ready here. One of the call. One of the chatter YouTube chatters I saw earlier and I missed it. Who it was? Cody said, "What do you guys think about Captain Munnerlin? Munnerlin." Had an interception this game, right? Not bad. Not bad in that capacity. He was getting pushed off on. At least he got the calls when it came to the Willie Sneed. But, you know, those calls aren't going to happen all the time. He goes down with an injury. I think he was milking it to give our defense a little breather as um, as they were running a little hurry up at that point in the game. I think that was towards the end of the third. But where are we going to get to see any corn elder? I'm hoping. I mean, I'm, I'm wondering why we don't do with our backfield 
uh, like we do with our defensive line, just have different packages, you know, have some for corn, have some for captain. You know, um, uh, listen, we all want to win the Super Bowl. It would be nice to have some rings for Ryan Khalil and Thomas Davis and Greg Olson. But Captain Mullen, he gave a lot of years to the Panthers, too. So one for him that he could be on and help earn, you know, that would be awesome. You know, but um, I do feel that Elder is a better talent. Uh, I watched a lot of film on him from Miami. And, uh, you know, he has a lot of ball, um, on-the-ball skills. Um, you know, they, they want to be able to put him on that nickel slot receiver and have him do work. And I want to see him have some more opportunities to do so. I remember we loved him in the preseason. Now, granted, it's only preseason football, but, yeah, I think Elder is the younger, um, the, the younger, more talented player at this point, and I'd like to see him more. You know, I mean, it's it's nice to it's it's kind of hard to mix, uh, or the need for experience, should we say, and uh, that with you know guys that can give you a lot of enthusiasm and you know kind of upbeat speed and you know youth. So how do you balance the the game experience in one hand with the need for athleticism and kind of a little spark in a little sparking your giddy up in some ways you know the Panthers have struggled with this I feel like Ron has struggled with this at times and we saw someone in the YouTube chat point that he doesn't like to play the young kids he likes to play the vets but you know we we started Dante Jackson from the beginning we started James Bradbury from the beginning so sometimes it's just by demand it picks his favorites but I do believe that the addition of Eric Reed to the secondary could make Corn Elder and I'm trying to circle back to the original conversation, a more viable option. And that is if you were playing uh, Rashawn Galden back there alongside of Mike Adams, uh, you know, you kind of worry about the duplicating all of that in experience when it comes to Jackson, Corn Elder, and Rashawn Galden. But by having kind of an intermediate veteran in Eric Reed there, I think that could open the door a little bit more for working Corn Elder into the game plan zone. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, you even mentioned on, on Twitter, I saw you pointed out, uh, you know, Eric Reed was flying around the field today, man. Eric Reed looked fast. He looked uh, Luke Kiesley-esque running around the field, uh, making plays. Uh, he did well today. And, you know, it's – Okay, what, what ends up happening is, is when you have players like that, it allows other players to um, turn their focus on one part of the field. So when you know you have a monster like Eric Reed behind you, then you know you don't have to worry about a blown coverage or having to chase down the play. So, yeah, Corn Elder, you know, uh, it, put him in positions to make some plays. You don't have to put him out there 100% of the time. But yeah, let let the man let the man play football. Um, I was trying to think, you know, uh, and right after I said Eric Reed was balling, he was the one who missed the tackle that led to, I think, a touchdown in that first quarter. I I don't even remember at this point. Well, when I say missed the tackle, he was there making the tackle, and he just couldn't. You know, he swung around the guy, and he just slipped. You know, he slipped through his hands. So I I think this is, look, is that there can be no doubt that Eric Reed has made our defense better. 
The question that I'm asking right now is how good can he make it our defense? Because I think we've continued to see him play better and better each week. We saw him play better in the Eagles game. We saw him today again to be there. He plays very physical too. I think that what I like about Eric Reed is that, and this can come back to haunt him. It's kind of like a, who was the guy? I think he used to play. He went to Tampa Bay for a minute. He went to Washington for a minute, and he was a safety. And if you came across the middle on this guy, he would just freaking destroy you. Um, gosh, he's. A, I heard his name actually in the free agency talk when things were so desperate. But Eric Reed is is that if you get a reception on on the on the secondary, he's gonna make you pay physically for it, and that's pretty that that's fun to watch. Yeah, it's super fun to watch. I mean, listen, watching uh, you know a high level safety play football, you know, come in and just blow them up or blow up the play and intercept the ball out of nowhere with that you know that four three speed. Yeah, that's that's fun to watch, man. And you know, I'm I'm hoping that as Eric continues to grow and learn, you know, that he might be the the safety that we've always wanted and always needed to have on our defense to complement the rest of our front seven. I'm definitely hopeful about Eric Reed being. I'm a, really a hopeful. Carolina I'm ho- yeah. Is that this is now where I'm at? Is that not only was I hopeful about signing Eric Reed initially. I'm at the point where I'm hoping to sign Eric Reed to a long-term deal with the Carolina Panthers and shore up that. Sh- because look, no more Mike Adams potentially after next year. You put, you move Eric Reed to play strong safety, and then you go out there and you you mold the guy to be a free safety. Free safeties are cheaper. You can get them cheaper on the free agency market, or you go, you mold a guy that you've got in the works already to be that. All of a sudden, you know, you've got that safety position maybe wrapped up for three or four more years, and I would really like the sound of that. Yeah, I would too. And, and listen, we all knew what what type of player we were getting when we signed when we signed Eric. I mean, that's why we were pounding the table for us to even sign him in the first place, and that's why we were so shocked when it happened because you know we all had to ask ourselves: Have we ever had a player of that caliber? At the safety position. Only one. And, Only one. Mike Minter. Yeah, Mike, Mike Minter. And, you know, uh, I think the sky is the limit for Eric. Um, if he continues to play well and you sign him, then that's another position that you don't have to focus on in the draft. Are you in a, Am I the only one? Look, I'm a social justice warrior. I like all the stuff. Like, none of the kneeling stuff has bothered me. None of the... I'm I'm not going to get a, like, I am not so insecure with myself where anytime, anytime somebody says that something is not perfect around where they're in their lives, that I'm going to make them stand up and salute the flag or something. But, uh, I am kind of annoyed by the people who go, who want to say like, uh, and I'm going to have to call her out and I don't mean to call, it's not calling you out, Jordan Rodriguez. I'm not trying to call you out, but it's like. He kneels again and stands for social justice warrior. It's like update. Reed is kneeling again. And, <laughs> and she was doing it in a positive way and other people do it in a negative way. At this point, man, uh, I don't need the update. <laughs> Just, yeah. I mean, you know, I, when you're a reporter, 
you kind of have to put that stuff. I mean, it's been a story. Yeah. And, surpri- and surprisingly, though, it hasn't. It hasn't been a story at all. I mean, do you it, remember? It has been a non-story. That's uh, I guess yeah, that's why it's all. been annoying to me. Is that like the only re- and, and like the NFL could have made so much of this going away, gone away yeah. by just dismissing it as a non-story to the rest of the world, and that's what it's done. Right. That's what it. But is. the NFL is their own worst enemy ninety percent of the time. Speaking of rules. that, what about this? Is that they come out and find Eric Reed? This week, this past week, for um, flip it for Ertz when he chunked Eric Ertz up in the air when Ertz charged him last week in the Eagles game. Yeah, Ertz was the one that charged him and went after him trying to start a fight. And listen, man, uh, Eric didn't start nothing. He just finished it. Yeah, you know? and he didn't even so, do nothing. He bent over and stood up, and Ertz just looked like a dummy. But, didn't throw a punch. He he did some some MMA judo type shit. He just let his own body weight take him on, take his own self down. Eric Reed's fined ten thousand dollars for that though. Earth, I mean, no fine. Uh, the same fine as a helmet to the head from the Kazi guy. Or K, remember the same the same figure was assessed to Reed. And you know what is you got to expect if he's suing the NFL. They're not going to be judicious with their fines when it comes to him. Yeah. Oh, who is it? Oh, Eric. Yeah. Slap a fine on him. What did he do? Did he, he, <laughs> max he, he fine. Max. Max. <laughs> give him the max. Yeah. Did he sneeze in the general direction of a referee? Oh, yeah. That's a that's a ten thousand dollar fine right there. All right. Just uh, another minute or two on the post game show. We're going to give out our dab on pick dab on them picks of the week player of the game here in just a moment. The number's 252-228-5098. Go ahead, if you're listening on YouTube, uh, turn your phone to portrait mode. Smash that like button, that thumbs up button. It helps, man. What I want to see is this, is every person who's a part of the conversation to be a part of the conversation by smashing that thumbs up button. Subscribe to the channel on YouTube. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and we're live every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. on YouTube. Sometimes Facebook, when it's working, it crashed halfway through in this show. We're also on Periscope, and uh, we appreciate it if you write a review. And we also got some swag that you could buy if you wanted to help support the show and our continued growth of Panther Nation. Like this Cam Well right here that we made like five years ago because we said, damn, Cam, wow, baby. Good Lord. And boy, was he, he was, we were waving the Cam Well today. He was amazing. Uh, I think I got a call. Let's see if we got any more. I'm very proud of him for fixing that because if you notice, he oh, really hasn't been. Hold on. This is Brandon. Hey, what's going on, guys? She built a black cat, Brandon Herbert. And let me clarify to Cody because we're going back and forth on Twitter right now. Which uh, I don't know what article or whatever that everybody was talking about um, oh, okay. online about somebody comparing Cam to Aaron Rodgers. One thing I want to clarify is that I admit, I said that without Cam, this would be a 3-13 and 13 type of team. Okay. Now, as much as we all love Cam, and I do love Cam, I really came around this year. He's playing phenomenal. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the I know this is a Panther podcast, but Aaron Rodgers is the most physically gifted TV I have ever seen with my two eyes. 
that includes Aaron Rodgers, that includes I mean um, that includes uh uh Tom Brady, that includes Peyton Manning, whatever. Aaron Rodgers is that dude. I he can flick his wrist and then the ball he effortlessly goes seventy yards. Uh so as much you 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 got you if you if you say Cam Newton is better than Aaron Rodgers or even close to that because I don't think any, any quarterback is is even close to his the way that Aaron Rodgers plays. Then you're just being a fan. You're just being it's fandom because it's right, no let's way. Go. <laughs> let's go. No way you let's can. Go. <laughs> look at those two and be like that they're I I just I just don't get that. Like uh but yeah like groceries now. I mean I that's all I'm, I'm calling. I'm calling before the game and everything, so it's Saturday. And I'm just like that's cool. I don't get how people are upset that you 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 can't compare the two. Like, All right. and as far as this, and I do want to pose this question so I can give y'all one thing to answer real quick, is do you consider Cam Newton elite? Elite. Because I say that he's playing like all time at his best right now, but I kind of hinder on calling him elite. Because Cam... He misses the easy throws sometimes, but he's been doing a lot better this year, a lot, lot better. So I don't know. He's been doing. All right, I'm gonna cut the call off there. I'm gonna go ahead and answer the question: Is that uh, not calling Cam Newton elite would be the weird thing? And uh, here, look, you can point to, you could say, well, he doesn't have the uh, completion percentage that other guys have had in, in their careers. But this, this is actually not true. So we kind of reminisce on some of these guys, and we act like they were a, they were perfect. You go back to John Elway. You go back to Brett Favre. You go back to guys that we consider to be just remarkable quarterbacks of all time. And uh, they were not without their flaws as well. We just have that nostalgia of the past. But I tell you this is in many ways, the the only reason that people pause at not calling Cam Newton elite is just because he doesn't look like the way that Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady do. Right. And uh, I'll say white. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's my man, Black Cat, <laughs> brother, brother Herbert. That's Brother Herbert, so I can't use that one on him. But I would say this. is just, Look, it's, it's like, is is if is how about this is that if you had a quarterback who was elite who was elite because they had the strongest arm ever like a Brett Favre and then you compared him to a Tom Brady and you tried to say well this guy is better than this guy this and that I think that um is that some Cam Newton part of his eliteness is just that the fact that he can will a team to win at any moment uh we've seen a Tom Brady do this with nobody's around him, he just does it in a little different way than Cam Newton does. You know, Cam Newton, we have to say, is that him running the football, him being a, a, a complete football player rather than only a quarterback, we shouldn't see that as a detraction from his quarterbackness. 
but an addition. And I think some people say, well, because that's part of his game, he's not as good as these other guys. That's kind of like saying, well, because Brett Favre uh, wasn't more judicious, you know, wasn't a little more cautious with the football, that he isn't the best. And that was part of his greatness was his gunslinger attitude. It's just unique. And Cam is unique, and he's done it with a bunch of schlubs every year. And he's doing it again with a bunch of slubs on the offensive line. Maybe they're not slubs. Maybe we just haven't recognized yet that they are pretty good. That's how I feel about it, Cody. I don't think there's any question about it. Cam Newton, to me, is a top five quarterback in the league. And if you want to quibble over it, I'll say top seven. Well, first of all, listen, man, respect to Brandon, because he's entitled to his opinion. He's not shitting on Cam Newton. What he's essentially saying is that there is the top of the tippy top tier yeah. and and he doesn't believe that cam newton is that and that's fine he's allowed to have that opinion and still be a, a diehard panther fan isn't it yeah. t- and real, real quick before you go is it's kind of yeah. tough when you it's like saying you're not uh an elite artist and then the only comparisons we have are picasso and and michelangelo yeah but th- this is what what i'll say because the media does all this grandiose back massaging of Aaron Rodgers. And listen, he is incredible. We've all seen Aaron Rodgers play right now. In fact, the Packers, uh, they're up on the Rams right now. And the Rams are undefeated. So, yeah, listen, no one's saying that Aaron Rodgers isn't incredible. But what I'm saying is this, and I really mean this, and I would say this to anyone. Name something that Aaron Rodgers can do that Cam Newton is incapable of doing. And then I'll just sit here and wait for your answer. Because I don't think I don't think anyone has one. And this is my point. Cam Newton has had to he throws, make he does an offensive... throw the Hail Mary better than Cam Newton. Well uh, all right, but one one thing and then <laughs> there's no one even I think there, this there, is that no I think Aaron Rodgers is arguably I think that the only reason that we're not recognizing Aaron Rodgers as like one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time ever right now is just because he happens to be playing in the shadow of Tom Brady and Drew Brees at the moment. But to me, I just yeah. don't think it's generally fair to try to say, well, Cam Nor- Newton isn't the top quarterback in the league when you've got three historically great quarterbacks around him. So is that if you just put him right on the range of that, I'm good. But but this is what I'm saying. When you look at, you know, Carolina has been dependent upon Cam Newton as a running threat. They've been dependent upon Cam Newton having to make magic and throw in the windows with wide receivers that aren't open. Okay, everyone talks about, oh, well, who has Aaron Rodgers had? Aaron Rodgers has had better receivers in his time in Green Bay than Cam Newton has had in Carolina. I don't even want to hear it. Okay, and then you look at, you know, his knowledge pre-snap, changing up the plays, his ability to just run over a linebacker and keep on moving. Uh, I mean, listen, Cam Newton does so many different things. If you put any other quarterback, as here's an example, for as good as he is, if you put Drew Brees on this team, I don't know that this is a better offense with Drew Brees instead of. Well, Cam I Newton. would say this year he would be it, it, that might not go as well. But let's say last year, 
last year's offense, I don't think Drew Brees would have been better. Well, th- this is right too because there are better weapons. But right. but even but even still, Cam Newton's doing everything that's been acquired of him. This is what I'm saying. Cam Newton, if you look at his physical gifts, there has never been and might never be another quarterback ever like Cam Newton, ever. And I think that what he's had to do here in Carolina puts him in the top five, no doubt. Easiest in the world. If you want to say others are better, that's fine. But in my opinion, Cam Newton doesn't get enough credit for what he has had to continuously do since 2011. Let me tell you another thing, too, that helps add to the greatness of Cam Newton is we're playing him again. We're comparing him to quarterbacks. Right now we're comparing him to a quarterback who's played in the league since 2005. Who's played five five more years than Cam Newton. If you go back and you look at – I mean, look at Tom Brady. So what I'm saying is this, is you've watched the the, the totality – and their, better offensive coordinators of too. their That's careers, a- the totality of their careers versus we're only halfway into camps, right? So right. is that if if Cam Newton reels off two or three Super Bowl wins in the next eight years, this discussion gets a lot different in so many ways. So I, I think that it that lends to Cam Newton's kind of greatness at this point is that from minute one you've been comparing him to guys in the league who um, who were not considered the greatest quarterbacks uh, of their time at the beginning. You know, nobody looked at Drew Brees in the beginning and said he's the greatest. Aaron Rodgers fell to them to what was picked. Man, Alex Smith was picked over him. So Cam Newton has, has had a lot of pressure, a lot of responsibility, and I got to say this is that I hope it, it looks like what Terrence Murray is saying is really coming to fruition. Terrence Murray in the YouTube chat says, Mike Shula couldn't push Cam to his full potential. Norv is going to make use of his mind and make him deep make him deep dig. All Norv has to do is show him his rings. I, I believe this is that I believe that Norv brought a certain um, pedigree to this to this team that speaks to Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton needed someone that has the gravity. I think he trusts what Norv Turner is saying. And it, and you heard about this with other players and they're younger in their career where the coaches are telling them these things. Look, we saw Cam Newton last year say this, Cody. He said, I did something that all the coaches told me not to do. I threw across... The front, like across the fields, off balance, on my back foot, and made a fantastic play. I think that was against maybe the Eagles last year. I can't remember who it was against. I lost your audio, though, Cody. I just muted my mic. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm still here. But, he, but the idea is this, is that once you get, when you start looking at your teachers, not as teachers, but as mentors, and I think that that may be what Norv Turner is really coming into Cam's career at a good moment in his life, at a mature moment for him where he can get a lot out of him. The best moment. Because another thing to, to pinpoint is that in basketball or baseball or whatever other sport you follow, coaching isn't as important as it is in the NFL. 
Look at Jared Goff right now. Jared Goff is putting up just crazy numbers. And in his first year, under a defensive-minded head coach, I mean, everyone was trying to write him off as a bust. The coach that you have, your offensive coordinator, the guy that you have calling the plays and designing plays in your ears, that matters, okay? Drew Brees, um, you know, uh, an important part of his story has been Sean Payton. True and you can't, Yeah, and you cannot mention one without the other. And then we talk about Cam's had Mike Shula and a bunch of, you know, and I average, really think, uh, average I think the one that was and Ken Dorsey. I think Ken Dorsey was someone too that maybe he needed a little bit older ear uh, voice in his ear at that moment. Right. So even if Cam Newton hasn't quite done everything that some other quarterbacks have done or doesn't have quite the accolades, what I'm saying is look at what Cam Newton has had to overcome and still won an MVP. That's the Cam Newton that I'm talking about. The Cam Newton where you haven't even seen his true ceiling as of yet, in my opinion. So that's all I'm saying. If you don't think Cam Newton is a, a top three, that's fine. I mean, it's all it's all you know up to personal opinion anyway. I believe that Cam Newton is a top five quarterback in the NFL no matter what. No matter who. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I agree. I agree. Is that uh, I know this is that um, I don't think there are. I think that right now, Aaron Rodgers, I, I would just say this is that if I had to sit up there and do an old pick 'em, like uh, two team captains, me versus Brother Herbert, and we had to pick our teams. <laughs> Is that I don't think I'd have any real problem picking Cam Newton as my quarterback first. Not at all. And then imagine if you put Cam Newton with AJ, uh, Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown, yeah, and some uh, Ty Gurley. Come on, man, we're rolling. I know we rolling. We're rolling right now. The Carolina Panthers have moved to five and two with an important win over the Baltimore Ravens. What some people in this show have called a statement game, thirty-six to twenty-one, setting the Ravens back to four and four. Uh, where does this put us in the standings? And we'll close this out as the last talk of of the of the show. We'll do our dab on them pick of the week. Right now, Carolina Panthers are a game behind the New Orleans Saints. I guess the Saints have a uh, no. The Saints play Minnesota. I think Minnesota, they're in Minnesota. It's tonight at 820. It's a big game for us. I think Minnesota has an opportunity to beat the New Orleans Saints. And uh, all of a sudden, we could be looking at a Carolina Panthers team by the end of the evening who is tied for the division. And a lot of division games ahead. So for us, twice to p- play the Saints, twice to play the Bucks, and one left against the Falcons, a lot of the Panthers' fate seems to be in their own hands at this point, I think. A hundred percent. For that game tonight, though, my brother was rich all the inactives at Minnesota. So, yeah, man, uh, this is going to be a fun game tonight. But, yeah, you're a hundred percent correct. It feels so good that already we're not in a position where we have to have other teams lose or, you know, we need the Falcons to mess up or even the Saints, man. All we have to do is continue to play our best football. And guess what? We've seen New Orleans twice at the end of the year. So we control our own fate, our own destiny. 
I've never been more confident of the Panthers than right now. I like the fact that we've been through adversity. We've been through some bad plays, some bad times. Come back, pull through. Uh, I'm happy about the future of this football team right now. All right, let's get out to uh, our game. This is our version of the game ball. It's much cooler. It's where we pick on that. That's our. It's our dab on a I just like doing it, man. Dab on them folks. Dab on them folks. And that, and that. Dab on them folks. They like seeing them. Tell me what to do. Dab on them folks. Dab on them folks. Cody, why don't you dab on them folks? Who's your player of the game? Tonight, or today, this afternoon, whatever, wherever you are, I'm dabbing on Kyle Love, baby. Kyle Love has proven to be a stalwart member of our defensive line. I agree with our man, Jacob Vassier. I think that we need to start putting him in some packages next to K1 Short. Kyle Love has been the man ever since he's been here. He makes plays even over first-round draft picks and, you know, expensive free agent signings. So I'm showing some love to Kyle Love, and I'm going to let that man dab on them folks. Dab on them, folks. My dab on a pick's not going to a player. It's going to a coach. It's going to Norv Turner for scheming up an offense that just made a the number one defense in the league look pedestrian. Now, I know I want to give the dab on. I, you know, we all got to give it. We want to give it up to Cam. I always want to give it up to Christian McCaffrey each week. Man, this guy's just been playing out of his mind. But to me, this is on Norv Turner, man. Uh, is that, look, towards the end of the game, we're passing the ball when all the Carolina Panther fans are already starting to freak out about us running every time. But it's those, it's the, it was the time that it was the rushing touchdown by Cam Newton that just said, Norv Turner, you the man. And you got big brass balls like Tepper keeps on his desk. I love it. Dab on him, Norv Turner. Cody, it's been fun. I don't know if there's, I'm sure there's plenty still to talk about about this game that we will figure out as we watch back the tape. And we're going to do it on Tuesday night at 9 p.m. for the realest, the livest, the most interactive Panthers podcast out there. It's called the C3 Panthers podcast, and I hope you're going to be a part of it. And I know you will. And until then, how can they find you on Twitter? At C-O-D-Y-L-A-C, Cody Lack on Twitter. Listen, man. Me and my boy Brandon did a whole segment on the show today just based off of what we were BSing on Twitter. Uh, Hit me up. I respond to everyone. I love to have that community feel. I want to thank everyone for all the love, man. We have brand new callers. We have brand new people in the chat room all the time. This is growing because of you. This is not our show. This is your show for the fans, by the fans. We love you, and you know you're going to see us this Tuesday at 9 p.m. Word up. Y'all make sure that you call 252-228-5098 before Tuesday. We'll get your call played on the C3 podcast. And go ahead and plug it in your phone, folks, because you're going to want it as we come out of these victories for the rest of the season, as we keep pounding throughout the season on our way to a Super Bowl. You're going to want to call in and give us your post-game reaction. We'll be here after the Panthers game each and every week trying to chop up this Panthers news. And until then, Tuesday night, 9 p.m. on YouTube, Periscope, iTunes, Stitcher, all those places, you make sure to keep pounding. 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.